0: Thank you for tuning in to PH Balance, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly things that occur in our relationships and our need to heal in them and through them. And I am your host, Lakeisha Jones. Today, we are going to talk about domestic violence, which is also known as domestic abuse and intimate partner violence. Domestic violence is the willful intimidation, physical assault, battery, sexual assault, and or other abusive behavior as a part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner against another. So domestic violence includes physical violence, sexual violence, psychological violence, and emotional abuse. The frequency and severity of domestic violence can vary dramatically. However, the one constant component of domestic violence is that one partner consistently makes an effort to maintain power and control over the other. Domestic violence is also an epidemic that affects individuals in various communities, regardless of age, economic status, sexual orientation, gender, race, religion, or nationality. And it's often accompanied by emotionally abusive and controlling behavior that only happens to be a fraction of the systematic pattern of dominance and control. Domestic violence can result in physical injury, psychological trauma, and in severe cases, even death. The devastating physical, emotional, and psychological consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime. While October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, We want everyone to know the importance of focusing on domestic violence every month because domestic violence is definitely something that occurs very regularly. And what happens is that when individuals engage in romantic relationships, it's not always easy to determine in the early stages of those relationships if that person they're with will become abusive or not. Domestic violence occurs over time and it intensifies over time. So oftentimes their perpetrator may seem wonderful and like the most perfect person initially, but eventually they become more aggressive and controlling as the relationship continues on. And this is a slow roll. It's gradual. It's not something that just you get into the relationship and all of a sudden, bam, that person is hitting you or things of that nature. Um, and, you know, sometimes the abusive behavior is dismissed or downplayed, um, such as name-calling, threats, possessiveness, or distrust. Abusers tend to apologize quite a bit and um, for their actions, and they try to convince the other person that they're doing those things because they love them or they care about them, but that violence and that control still continues to intensify over time. And regardless of the apologies, it continues. You know, it's not a one-time situation where they say, I'm sorry, and they never do it again. The abuse will continue, and it will get worse as time goes on. And they, the abuser has the tendency to blame the victim for the abuse. If you didn't do certain things, then this wouldn't happen. And that's just not true, you know. Um, so... You have to pay attention to things because sometimes the things that we view as harmless initially... You know, like the wanting them to spend all of their time with with them um, because they love them so much. These things can kind of progress into situations of control and abuse where they're threatening to kill you or hurt you or your family members. They're isolating you from your family and your friends. They're telling you that they don't want you hanging out with certain people because of how they act or how they dress. They don't like them um you know so things of that nature so just to give you a few examples of what abusive abusive tendencies could look like but they're not limited to these things is telling the victim that they can never do anything right um being jealous of the victim's family and friends and the time that they spend with them um accusing the victim of cheating Keeping them or discouraging the victim from seeing their family members, like I said previously, isolating them, embarrassing them or shaming them with put downs, whether publicly or privately, Um, controlling the finances, taking their money and not giving them access. Um, So these are some ways that are indicative of the fact that an individual may be in a situation that is abusive. Um, It is important to know that domestic violence is not all physical abuse. Sometimes it can be verbal, sometimes it can be psychological, sometimes it can be financial, or religious. Some of the signs of emotional or verbal abuse could be the partner attempting to control what you wear or how you style your hair. They could humiliate you in front of others. Um, You know, they'll do it privately, but they'll also do it in front of others, um, especially in front of others. Also, they can tell you that you're lucky to be with them or you're never going to find anybody better or no one else is going to love you, um, things of that nature. And then if they damage your belongings or your home by throwing objects, punching walls and things of that nature, these are indications and signs that they're may be some emotional and or verbal abuse that is occurring. And then when we look at financial abuse, if your partner lives in your home, um, you live together and they refuse to work or maybe they work, but they refuse to contribute to the household, that is financially abusive. Um, If they're preventing you from viewing the bank accounts and seeing how much money you have or accessing um, that money, that is financially abusive. Um, If they're depositing your paycheck into an account that you do not have access to, that is emotionally abusive. It is controlling behavior. Um, Also, if they're withdrawing money from the children's savings accounts, college accounts, without your permission, this is not a decision that you two have made together because of a financial emergency, Um, but they're just doing it just because, and they're not asking permission. That is abusive um, behavior in the financial realm. Then you have um, digital abuse. Um, A lot of people don't realize that you can be abusive using social media or other forms of technology um, to control a person, manipulate them, or make them feel bad. Um, So some of the things, signs of digital abuse could be the use of smart home technology to track your movements, such as cameras in the home, Um, things of that nature, that can be abusive by monitoring a person's movements within the home and even outside of the home as they're approaching the home, noting what time they've come home. Um, And I say within the home, but it also can can be within the vehicle, um, tracking devices, um, apps to see where they've gone, things of that nature on the phone as well um, to track their movements and, and their location. Um, If your partner sends unwanted sex to you or pressures you to send videos and photos um, that are risque, um, sexual in nature, that you're not comfortable with sending to them, that is also a form of digital abuse because they're coercing you to send such information over um, the internet or through technology. Also, if your partner insists on being given all of your social media account passwords or your email address account passwords or other technology account passwords, these are signs of digital abuse. We see a lot of this happening with um, teenagers and young adults. They feel like they have to have the passwords um, to determine if that person is cheating or or, or if they don't have the passwords, they're looking at each other's. Um, Social media accounts and they're getting upset because one person is liking or commenting on other people's pages, um, specifically people of um, the opposite sex or the same sex when we're dealing with same sex relationships. And then, of course, if your partner is posting unflattering photos of you on social media, this is not saying, oh, I didn't like that picture. Why did you post that? Oh, my gosh, my hair wasn't done or um, that outfit made me look fat. But if they're deliberately posting things that you do not want posted on social media and you're aware of, like it could be unflattering in the form of, you um being half dressed um, getting ready for work or are you um you know doing something like cleaning the bathtub or cleaning the toilet or things of that nature just anything that may bring you embarrassment and that of course is at the discretion of the person who the picture um, was taken of who with that picture? Who is in that picture to determine if that is digital abuse? So I've talked about digital abuse. I've talked about um, the verbal and emotional abuse and the financial abuse. Psychological abuse can be um, repeated um, behaviors such as cheating, um, doing things that are harmful, talking about your relationship to other people in your presence or behind your back. And then those people are making comments and you're laughing at those comments and basically giving, um, the the status that it's okay to say the things that are being saying these are psychological abuse but psychological abuse is also um, you know could be laying a gun down on the nightstand table um, you you don't have to say that I'll kill you or I'll kill your family but you could put the gun down on the nightstand table on top of a picture of your family and um, tap that gun or you could do certain things that um, are Reminiscent of some of the verbal threats that you may have previously made, these are things that are psychologically abusive when you're tormenting a person psychologically. And the thing about psychological abuse is it is wrapped into every form of abuse, whether it be physical, verbal, emotional, financial, or religious. Um, And now, moving on to religious abuse, that is using one's religion or their faith to control another person, um, you know, I am of the Christian faith, so that would be using scripture to control a person, to make a person stay in a relationship, or to make a person do certain things um, that they're not wanting to do, and um, that is still abusive behavior, you know, and you, can, religion is not meant to oppress, it is meant to free people, but there are times where people will use religious um, sayings and scriptures or writings or beliefs to be able to oppress someone um, and coerce and convince them um, that they have to stay in situations or do certain things um, because it is their responsibility or it is their religious obligation. And if they don't do those things, then they are not a good steward of that faith. And that is absolutely untrue. Um, for example, um, in my marriage, um, I was very unhappy and I wanted to leave the marriage. And I remember reaching out to um, my religious leaders saying how unhappy I was and ex- um, expressing the things that I had endured in that marriage that made me unhappy and made me not want to remain in that marriage. And I was told things like, well, God hates divorce. You know, um, what God puts together, let no man put asunder, um, you know. And so as a result, I stayed for many more years and was subjected to things that were emotionally sub- abusive. And um, and that caused a lot of psychological damage for me that I have spent years working toward healing from. So I share that to say that, you know, as for those that may be listening that are religious leaders, be very careful and cognizant of what you're telling people that the scripture says. Um, you know, um whether it's the Christian Bible, Um, or whatever faith you are um, subscribing to, be very careful in making sure that you understand the full context of what is being said in those scriptures because sometimes religious abuse occurs because people are taking snippets from different stories and different situations and they're using them to control other people when in fact, what is being said is not meaning what is being expressed or what was initially um, intended and expressed in that passage of religious writings. So it is definitely important to make sure we are being more responsible in our expression of religious understanding so that we are not impacting people or forcing people to stay in situations because when we as leaders, um, faith-based leaders, use those things. We participate in that religious abuse when we use them inappropriately. So let's not be inappropriate participants, but let's help use the faith-based understandings that we have to free people from situations of oppression rather than forcing them to remain in oppressive situations. Now, oftentimes people will ask, well, what about sexual abuse? Well, I want you to understand that sexual abuse is a part of physical abuse. And I've left explaining physical abuse for last because I want people to understand that physical abuse is any type of abuse that causes physical harm to another person. Um, So that could be hitting an individual, punching them, kicking, slapping, throwing an item at them, spitting on them, burning them. Um, waterlogging them, choking them, or, or what most people refer to as choking but is actually strangulation. These are forms of physical abuse. Um, then you have other forms of abuse that um, are physical in nature but they're not physical contact. Um, It could be blocking a person from leaving. When you're blocking a person from leaving, some states view that as kidnapping. Um, Anytime you're holding a person against their will that is abusive behavior. Yes, you may want to have that conversation right now, but if that person is not ready to have that conversation or choosing to have it at all, they have every right to leave if they want to, and you have a responsibility to give them the space to be able to make that decision to leave or stay. You do not have the right to force them. Um, Of course, when we're talking physical abuse, we do, that does involve weapons. Um, Physical abuse um, involving a weapon does not mean that you actually have to bring physical harm with that weapon, but using that weapon is psychologically abusive and emotionally abusive, and it is considered a form of physical abuse because you've communicated a threat of harm to that person. Um, I just want to encourage anyone who may be in a situation of abuse to know that um, you do not have to remain in that abuse. I want you to know that, um, you know, oftentimes the individual who was in that abusive situation is afraid to leave, but know that there are always resources in your local community that are available to help you leave uh, the abusive situation. As a survivor, I'm definitely thankful that we have a month that is used to bring light to a very dark situation Um, because while I was in my abusive relationship, I blamed myself for the other person's behavior. I thought that I was getting what I was worthy of because my self-esteem and my self-worth was extremely low. I was called out of my name. I was mentally abused um, and emotionally abused. I was not physically abused in that relationship, but I have been in past relationships where I was physically abused. Abuse is a cycle. It does not just start. It is definitely a cycle. And there were a lot of times where I felt like my life was no longer worth living, as a result. So I just want to say to everyone that is listening, if you have experienced any form of abuse, whether it be emotional and verbal abuse, psychological abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, digital abuse, religious abuse, you are not at fault for the abuse that you have endured. You are a survivor and I am proud of you. You have made the choice to choose you simply by listening to this to gain information for yourself to get out of the situation. Love should never put you down. Love should never make you feel hurt. Love should never make you feel, feel less than. So as I celebrate the survivors on this month, I want you to think about how far you've come because I'm definitely thankful for how far I've come and understand that your pain has a purpose and your life has a testimony. So please know that you are not alone. You do not have to walk this out alone. Now I'd like to give a shout out to all of the advocates of domestic abuse awareness, whether you are a paid advocate or a volunteer advocate, whether you're advocating for women or men, children or animals, whether you're working for an an agency or you're forging your own path. I want to say thank you for what you do. The work is tedious. It often is thankless but please know that what you do does not go unseen. Your work helps the awareness for hundreds and thousands of people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if you are listening to this and you are a victim of abuse or you know someone who is a victim of abuse, please know that there is always anonymous confidential help available 24-7. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That is 1-800-799-SAFE. And for anyone who needs to call that has um, issues with hearing, they have the number 1-800-787-3233. Again, those numbers are one 800 799 SAFE or one 800 787 3224 Please know that you do not have to remain in a violent situation, whether that is physical, violence, emotional, psychological, religious, digital. Your life matters you are important please take care of yourself work with an advocate that can help you to safely get away from your abuser because when you try to leave it becomes a very dangerous time so work with those that are available to assist you if you have a loved one that is in an abusive situation and you've tried to convince them to leave and they're not ready to leave I want to encourage you to continue to love them and be there for them and let them know that when they're ready, you're ready to help them. And together you tap into the resources to help them leave that situation safely because during the time that an individual is trying to leave their abuser, it is not only the victim that can be in danger, but it is their children And their family members and their closest friends. That is where the abuser is going to look first, where the person is most likely to go. So be safe, utilize the resources that are available to you. Again, for anonymous confidential help, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1 800 799 7233 or 1-800-787-3224 for those that are hearing impaired. This is Lakeisha Jones. I'm coming to you with PH Balance, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly things that occur in our relationships and our need to heal in them and through them. Be safe, be intentional, and find your balance.